thank you from the bottom of my heart for all my friends and family who showed up here in our church family. Tonight, as much as this feeble body will allow, I want to present to you the gospel of Jesus Christ because it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes. And the reason I want to do that is because I want to see every one of your faces in heaven. Tonight, I'm going to be asking a question, and then I'm going to answer my own question. Who was the greatest man who ever lived? Now, by comparison, I'd like to take just a few minutes to talk about a few great people. Then we will pray. And then five points about the greatest man who ever lived. In 1879, George Washington, a great military leader who only had a grade school education, was elected to be the first president of the United States. He was one of the founding fathers of our nation. He is widely considered one of the greatest men who ever lived. Now, 232 years later, he is still one of the most well-known people in the world because his image is on the dollar bill in the U.S. quarter. He was a great man, but he was not the greatest man who ever lived. Now, don't you kids, any of you kids, get the idea that you could ever be elected with a grade school education? <laughs> that ain't going to happen. Stay in school. <laughs> On March the 7th, 1914, a young professional baseball player hit his first home run in Fayetteville, North Carolina. He had been signed to a contract by Jack Dunn, the manager of the Baltimore Orioles. Now, Mr. Dunn wanted this young player so bad that he actually adopted him to be his own son. Several of the other players started calling this young player Jack Dunn's baby. Later, the older players observed the young man while he was playing in the elevator at the team hotel and started shortening his name to just Babe. Thus, George Herman, Babe Ruth, began to hit and pitch his way into history he was called the Sultan of Swat. A candy bar was named after him. <laughs> it's still with us 106 years later. He hit 714 home runs, and he held a major league record for the most home runs hit in a season at 60 until 1961 when my childhood idol, Roger Maris, hit 61 home runs. Babe Ruth was still so popular that Roger Maris became the most hated man in America. <laughs> it pretty much ruined his life. Babe Ruth may have been the greatest baseball player. And by the way, Corky Withrow was, he was right back, pretty, pretty much close to him up there. <laughs> but he wasn't the greatest man who ever lived considered to be 
the greatest sports figure of the 20th century, Cassius Clay won a gold medal in the 1960 Olympics in boxing. He later changed his name to Muhammad Ali. Then he beat Sonny Liston for the heavyweight championship of the world in 1964. I watched that fight on TV. Shortly after that fight, Muhammad Ali proclaimed, I am the greatest. I am the greatest, he said. He said, I float like a butterfly, I'd sting like a bee. He's still known for some of his boxing antics like the rope-a-dope and the Ollie Shuffle. He once told an opponent, if you even dream about meeting, beating me, you better wake yourself up and apologize. <laughs> His charismatic personality earned him worldwide fame. Muhammad Ali might have been the greatest boxer of all time, but he wasn't the greatest man who ever lived. On February the 9th, 1964, a group of young magicians, musicians came to the United States from Liverpool, England to appear on the Ed Sullivan Show. I believe everyone in the country, including me, was watching TV that night as Paul McCartney, John Lennon, George Harrison, and Ringo Starr, also known as the Beatles, were introduced. The Beatles! Close your eyes. They went on to become the most popular musical group in the world. But on March the 4th, 1966, John Lennon said, Christianity will go. It will vanish and shrink. The Beatles are more popular than Jesus Christ. The next day, people were burning their records in the streets. Sadly, John Lennon was murdered on the streets of New York on December the 8th, 1980, at the age of 40. The Beatles may have been the greatest band of all times, but they weren't the greatest men who ever lived. And lastly, Mary, the mother of God. Luke chapter 1, verse 28 says that she was highly favored by God. Many believe that she was equal to Jesus and that she was a mediator and that she was sinless. But the Bible says that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, Romans 3.23. And there is only one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus, 1 Timothy 2, 5. Mary may have been the greatest woman who ever lived, but she wasn't the greatest who ever lived. Now, there have been thousands of people who have lived upon the earth, but only one could be the greatest. Now to my main topic. It's an historical fact that a man named Jesus lived upon the earth, just like some of the people that we've talked about tonight. He is not a myth. I can tell you with absolute certainty, based on the clear teaching of God's word, that Jesus was the Son of God and equal to God, therefore the greatest man who ever lived. 
And with God's help, we will show you this tonight. Let's pray. Lord, inasmuch as the words I say tonight are in accordance with your word, bless your word to our minds and to our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Now, five points to show you who Jesus was. One, what does the Bible say about Jesus? Two, what did men say about Jesus? Three, what did the demons say about Jesus? Four, what did God the Father say about his Son? And five, what did Jesus say about himself? The only question to be resolved tonight is who he really was. Either he was a raving maniac or he was the Son of God. And I choose the Son of God. What about you? Number one, what does the Bible say about Jesus? Well, the whole Bible is a story about Jesus Christ. From Genesis 1 to the end of Revelation, the prophecies about the coming of Jesus, the story of the birth of Jesus, the story of his sinless life of 33 years upon this earth, the story of his death on the cross, his resurrection, and about his second coming. Now, some have wrongly said that the Old Testament didn't talk about Jesus. When Jesus appeared to the disciples on the road to Emmaus, after he had risen from the grave, he said to them, O foolish ones and slow to believe what all the prophets have spoken beginning with Moses and all the prophets, which was, by the way, the Old Testament, he expounded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Luke twenty four twenty seven. Isaiah 9, verse 6 says this. For unto us a child is given, and for unto us a child is born, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Now Luke, by the way, I'm going to be quoting several scriptures, so you may not be able to keep up with me. Now Luke chapter 1, verse 32 And he shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob. And of his kingdom there will be no end. Philippians 2, 5 and 9. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus who, being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant, and coming in the likeness of men, and being found in the appearance of him as a man, he humbled himself 
and became obedient to the death, even the death on the cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name. Other names given to Jesus in the Bible, and these are just a few of them. The lily of the valley, the bright and morning star, the cornerstone, the rock, Emmanuel, Messiah, which means Savior. What other man has been called names like this? Let me get a drink of water. The Bible says that Jesus is alive. Hallelujah! If Jesus is not alive, we might as well go home right now. But he is. Hebrews 7.25 says, Therefore he is able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through him, since he ever liveth to make intercession for them. Thousands of songs have been written about Jesus Christ. And I'm going to quote from two of those songs about the fact that he lives. I serve a risen Savior. He's in the world today. I know that he is living, whatever men may say. He lives, he lives. Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me. He talks with me along life's narrow way. He lives, he lives, salvation to impart. You ask me or any other Christian how we know he lives? He lives within our heart. And because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know he holds the future. And life is worth the living just because he lives. Point two. What did men say about Jesus? John chapter 1 verse 29. When John the Baptist saw Jesus walking towards him, he said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And verse 34. And I have seen and testified, John says, that this is the Son of God. Did you ever know or hear of another man who could take your sins away or who was called the Son of God? Matthew eight twenty three through 26. Now Jesus was in a boat asleep with his, with his disciples and a great tempest arose in the sea. They woke him and said, Save us, we are perishing. Then Jesus arose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. Now, I'm sure most of you have been to the beach or you've been in a windstorm. Do you know anyone who could stop the waves of the sea or a wind in a windstorm? Matthew seven twenty four, And when Jesus was crucified... Darkness fell on all the earth from the 6th to the ninth hour. Just for the record, that's noon to 3 p.m. The earth quaked 
and rocks were split. The centurion guard, upon seeing these things, said, Surely this man was the Son of God. What man, when he died, did the earthquake and darkness cover the whole earth in the middle of the day? There's a beautiful song that our church choir sang many years ago under the direction of David Malone. My wife actually sang the solo in that musical, and the name of the song was The Day He Wore My Crown. The song describes how darkness fell upon the earth when Jesus was crucified from the viewpoint of a woman named called Mary Magdalene who was watching. The darkest day in history. I can't believe my eyes. Before me stands the Lamb of God. I watch as all of creation cries. And I'm the one to blame. I caused all the pain. He gave himself the day he wore my crown. Point number three. What did the demons say about Jesus? Now, I, I, I wandered back and forth about this one. And you know, like the Lord said, do it. Matthew 8, 29, 28-29. And when Jesus came into the country of the Gergesenes, there met him two demon-possessed men coming out of the tombs, exceedingly fierce that no one could pass by. And suddenly they came out saying, What have we to do with you, Jesus Son of God, have you come to torment us before the appointed time or the time? You see, the demons, they knew who Jesus Christ was. They knew he was the Son of God. And the demons are referring to the appointed time, knowing that a time is coming when the devil and his angels and all those who are not believing and trusting Jesus Christ to pay for their sins will be cast into the lake of fire spoken of by Matthew chapter 25, which says, When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the, the holy angels with him, he will separate believers the sheep, which are believers, from the goats, non-believers. And he will set the sheep on his right hand and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on the right, Come ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. But then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, ye cursed into the everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. That is the appointed time. Now please don't put confidence in the fact that you believe in God and that you can say a prayer or quote a Bible verse. For even the demons can do these things. Rather, 
Romans 10:9 tells us, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Now, point number four. What did God the Father say about Jesus? Matthew 3, 17. And when Jesus had been baptized, a voice came out of heaven saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And Matthew 17, 5 and Luke 9, 35. For a voice came out of heaven saying, This is my beloved son. Hear him. Can you even imagine a voice coming out of heaven from God? This was an exhortation to all men from God the Father. When my son speaks, you need to listen to what he has to say. Then point five. What did Jesus say about himself? One thing I can tell you that Jesus never said about himself. I am the greatest. Here is some of the things, though, that he did say about himself. That he was the son of God and a king. Matthew chapter 27, verse 11. And when Jesus stood before Pilate, he asked Jesus, Are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus said, It is as you say. Mark chapter 14, verse 61. When Jesus was standing before the high priest, after he had been betrayed by Judas and arrested, the high priest asked him, Are you the Christ, the Son of the Blessed? And Jesus said, I am. Luke twenty two sixty six through 70. A parallel passage of the same account in Luke this time. And the chief priest asked him, Are you the Son of God? So Jesus said to him, You rightly say that I am. John nine thirty seven. After Jesus healed the blind man, he found him later and said to him, do you believe in the Son of God? The blind man answered and said, Who is he that I might believe in him? And Jesus said, It is he who is talking to you. John 10, 23, 24. When Jesus walked into the temple after the feast of dedication, the Jews surrounded him. And they said, How long will you keep us in doubt? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. Then Jesus answered, I've told you, and you do not believe. Now Jesus also said that he has the power to forgive sins. Matthew 9, verse 2 through 6. And Jesus was talking, Jesus was talking to the paralyzed man and said to him, be of good cheer. Your sins are forgiven you. And the scribes then said, This man blasphemes. But Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, Why do you think evil in your hearts? For which is easier, 
to say your sins are forgiven you, or to say, Arise and walk. But that ye may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. Then he said to the paralytic, Take up your bed and go to your house. And he did. And Jesus says, I am the only way to get to heaven. Did you ever get lost when you were driving? We were on a family vacation years ago, and, well, we got turned around. And most men won't ask for directions. And I always ask, and sometimes I don't get very good ones. And I asked a man for direction, and he purposely told us the wrong way. We ended up going the wrong way on a one-way bridge. You see, the world is telling us, go this way, go that way. And many are headed in the wrong direction. In John 14, 6, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man comes to the Father except through me. And Jesus is saying to you this night, you want to go to heaven? Hey, this way! This way. Come this way. In John chapter 10, verse 9, Jesus said, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. Now, I was thinking about this building today. And I believe this building has at least 12 ways to get inside. But heaven, it only has one door. And that's Jesus Christ. The world tells us there are many doors and many ways to get saved and to get to heaven. But Jesus says, I am the door. Now, we've all made mistakes in our lives. But don't be wrong about who can get you to heaven. What have believers lost if we are wrong about Jesus being the way and the door? But what will you lose if you don't believe and you are wrong? It's been a very difficult year. If you are troubled and burdened down because of your sins or other difficulties, be encouraged by the words of this song, which is a pretty new song, I believe, by Chris Asbury. I listen to this on FYFM all the time. It's called, In My Father's House. Oh, lay your burdens down here in the Father's house. Check your shame at the door. It ain't welcome anymore here in the Father's house. And in conclusion, Jesus has a word of warning and a word of welcome. First, the word of warning. In John chapter 8, verse 24, Jesus said, Therefore I said to you, 
that you will die in your sins. For if you do not believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. He also has a word of welcome. Matthew eleven twenty-eight. 28. Come unto me, O you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Now, I've heard people say, well, I just don't know what to say to God or how to pray. Just say what blind Bartimaeus said in Mark chapter 10, verse 41, when Jesus was passing by. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And the people tried to get him to quieten down. And he said it even louder. You can say this in your heart. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And if you do, he will. Because Jesus is the son of God. And he's the greatest man who ever lived. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for all these dear people being here tonight, Laura. May, may you meet them in their needs wherever they are tonight, Lord, no matter what they are, no matter what they're struggling with. Thank you for the faithful Christians in our church, Lord, that are following after you. It's been a very, very difficult time in the history of our country, Lord, with all the illness and pain going on. Thank you that you've been with us and protected us. We pray that you would continue to bless us and be with us every night. Take your word and sink it deep into our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.